And welcome everybody back to uh, the first episode of Iron Sharpens Iron in season five. And everybody's fan favorite, EJ. Thank you. <laughs> yes. So uh, we recorded a, a an opening, and uh, you you had no Bible in your hand. Um, I lost it. Okay, someone bought one for me, and it just disappeared. I don't I don't know. I, I thought it was in my hand. <laughs> I felt like I was holding the book. Okay. All right. Well, you're here. You're here. Thank you for uh, being on the show last week. Mm-hmm. Uh, you did a wonderful character. And uh, what what was your character's name again? Do you remember? Oh, I can't even remember. Okay, but like, I think I think Mo I think Mo did a. He was pretty convincing too. Mo did a bang up <laughs> job with his character. <laughs> he got he was so in character. We had to tell him to calm down. Yeah, we had to stop. Ask him to stop being the character. <laughs> he got lost in his role. All right. Well, on uh, on the first show, the first uh, installment of uh, ep- of Iron Sharpens Iron, and we are looking to the book of Jonah this evening. And uh, so you you had time to review it. I, I'll, listen, I didn't I didn't listen to it once or twice. I listened to it thrice. Okay, thrice. Okay, and I'm still a little confused about the end. Okay. <laughs> All right. So we are we are talking about the book of Jonah. And for those that uh, don't know the story, uh, we're going to uh, fill you in on the story right now. I'll be uh, reading scripture and kind of telling the story intertwined. So uh, it begins with uh, verse one of chapter one of Jonah. The word of the Lord came to Jonah, son of Amittai. Go to the great city of Nineveh and preach against it because it's wicked and has come up before me. But uh, Jonah runs away from the Lord and uh, hops on a boat to go to Tarshish, which uh, people believe would have been Spain. And uh, so he'd be sailing across the Mediterranean Sea to Spain. And so the Lord sent a great wind on the sea and such a violent storm arose that the ship threatened to break up and all the sailors were afraid and each of them cried out to his own God. They threw all, they threw the cargo into the sea to lighten the, lighten the ship. But Jonah had gone below deck where he lay down and fell into a deep sleep. Unbelievable. (laughs) I couldn't believe that part, honestly, bro. Like everybody's panicking. They're like, "Oh my god, we're all gonna die!" And he's just like, "I'm gonna go take a nap, guys." Yep. So um, you don't need me to help, right? <laughs> that 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 does appear to be a big uh, character flaw. However, um, I guess uh, his travels prior to getting on the boat may have tired him out too much. I mean, I believe that these are possibilities proposed by commentary or even being thrown in the ship might make somebody like go fall into a deep sleep. So 
I mean, you, can... you might not be used to it, you know, like yeah, a lot, a lot of people get like seasick and stuff. You might just not have been feeling good, right? So you, you, you can, you can, you can uh, accept what you want to accept there. Um, you know, Jonah does. Jonah definitely has a, a personality. Um, and uh, so when I first read it too, I just said, "Well, you know, it just figures Jonah would just go sleep during uh, this this storm." So anyway, um, so then the sailors said to each other, let's cast lots to find out who's responsible for this calamity. And so they they cast lots and then and then the, the lot fell on uh, Jonah. Um, that part was strange to me, too. The whole let's 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 uh, let's just draw straws kind of thing. Like, Well, I guess cast casting lots was uh, a custom at that at that mm. point um people cast lots for 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 many different reasons and uh so uh i i don't know if you've ever encountered them have you ever encountered runes what's that is that so, like like hieroglyphics or something well there's these little these little stones uh with symbols on them from uh like the celtic era really um yeah and then you you can either pick them out of a bag or you can throw them you can cast them and and, and you draw you, you know you would draw these concentric circles say on a table or on the floor and then you could read them where they fall in, in those circles and each each rune has a different meaning mm. so when i i used to have a, a set of them that i just basically do three and it was basically beginning middle end you know and so you'd propose a dilemma and then you'd draw them and oh okay I mean, okay kind of give you some insight you know um but anyhow so so this is what they did they cast lots and uh the, the, the lot fell on jonah and so they asked him tell us who is responsible for making this trouble for us? What kind of work do you do? Where do you come from? What is your country? From what people are you? And he answered, I am Hebrew. I worship the Lord, the God of heaven, who made the sea and dry land. And this terrified them. And they asked, what have you done? And they knew he was running away from the Lord because he had told them so. So the sea was getting rougher and rougher. So they asked him, what should we do to make the sea calm down for us? And Jonah says, pick me up and throw me in the sea. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. And uh, instead, the men did their best to row back to land, but they could not. For the sea grew even wider, a wilder before than before. Then they cried out to the Lord, Lord. Do not let us die for taking this man's life. Do not hold us accountable for killing an innocent man. For you, Lord, have done as you please. And they took Jonah and they threw him overboard and the raging sea grew calm. At this, the men greatly feared the Lord, for they offered a sacrifice to the Lord and made vows to him. And now the Lord provided a huge fish to swallow Jonah. And Jonah was in the belly of the fish for three days and three nights. So, um, 
So these sailors seem to seem to have a conscience. Yeah, I, I respect it. They were like, "Listen, yeah. that we don't want to. We don't want to kill you. Right? Maybe right. we can make this work. You know, and everybody gets home safe." So, um, here are these, you know, strangers that are concerned for Jonah's life, but as we will find out, Jonah was did not care at all for the lives of the people in Nineveh. Now, uh, after doing a little research, I found out that, you know, uh, uh, Nineveh uh, was the capital of Assyria, and the Assyrians had been pretty brutal uh, at times to the Israelis, so, uh, or the people of Israel. Um, So one might understand why uh, Jonah would have animosity toward the Ninevites, uh however uh jonah is condemning the ninevites on his own accord so um so while he is in in the uh, belly of this fish uh that uh, jonah uh lifts up a prayer and um I'm just going to read the last paragraph of the prayer instead of reading the whole thing. But it says, those who cling to worthless idols turn away from God's love for them. But I, with shouts of grateful praise, will sacrifice to you. What have I vowed? I will make good. I will say salvation comes from the Lord. And the Lord commanded the fish and vomited Jonah onto dry land. So as he's in the fish, he comes to praise God. And um, so, I, I, you know, uh, as I guess he was, uh, his attitude was in the right position uh, to go on to God's assignment. And so God commanded the fish to throw him up onto the beach. So he's been he's been on the run, he's been in uh, a terrible storm at sea. Uh, he's been thrown overboard. He's been within the guts of a fish, and then subject to being a chunk in the vomit of the fish. <laughs> <laughs> quite an ordeal, quite a humbling ordeal, wouldn't you say? Quite I, a... think, uh, I think I think that would uh that that would inspire some faith. Like, oh my God, I got thrown overboard. This the, the seas did calm, and th- and now I'm eaten by a fish. But but now I'm back. <laughs> yep, yep. So uh, chapter three, and I'm just going to read all of chapter three. It's short. So then the word of God came to Jonah a second time. Go to the great city of Nineveh and proclaim. To it the message I give you. And Jonah obeyed the word of the Lord and went to Nineveh. Now Nineveh was a very large city. It took three days to go through it. Jonah began by going a day's journey into the city, proclaiming, 40 more days and Nineveh will be overthrown. The Ninevites believed God. A fast was proclaimed. And all of them, from the greatest to the least, put on sackcloth. 
When Jonah's warning reached the king of Nineveh, he rose from his throne, took off his royal robes, covered himself with sackcloth, and sat down in the dust. This is the proclamation he issued to Nineveh. By the decree of the king and his nobles, do not let people or animals, herds or flocks taste anything. Do not let them drink, but let people and animals be covered with sackcloth. Let everyone call urgently on God. Let them give up their evil ways and their violence. Who knows, God may yet relent with compassion, turn from his fierce anger so that we will not perish. When God saw what they did and how they turned from their evil ways, he relented and did not bring the destruction he had threatened. Amen. Amen. But I have a question. Yes. What did the animals do wrong? Why, why do the animals got to starve? Are they evil? Well, I, don't really, I didn't understand that part. I understand the people having to do this. But what do the animals do to deserve this, this treatment? That I, I I cannot say. I don't know. Um, but, Those uh, damn evil animals. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, uh, give me uh, just a moment. Let me just uh, see if uh, maybe I could find any information about that. Because uh, well, that, that was something that was like not bothering me, but it just didn't make sense. I'm like, all right, like, all right, yeah, these people have been doing probably some bad things, so you know they might have to repent. But I mean, the animals aren't uh, involved in any of that. They, mm -hmm. they, if anything, they they uh, they were captured, right? Like, mm -hmm. and, and do animals even like have awareness? Like, do they even know a, a god exists? Like, um. <laughs> Well, uh, that you know, uh, people people believe different things about animals. Some people believe that animal souls will go to heaven. Others think that they will not. Uh, I don't I mean, know. God made everything, right? I mean, they yeah. should. So let's see. Do, 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 do. All right. Uh, I'm just going to read this, and hopefully it contains an answer therein. Jonah 3 and verse 8. Uh, anything and everything condemned by law and conscience is included under evil ways. So anything and everything condemned by law and conscience, conscience is included under evil way. Violence means a defiance of the law by one too strong to be brought to account. The Assyrians assume that in virtue of their conquests, they had been placed above lesser breeds and were entitled to ignore the dictates of conscience and compassion in their behavior to their neighbors. It is easy to slip into the concept that our position gives us the right to dominate others. So I guess what I would say, EJ, from this commentary is that first line, it says anything and everything condemned by law and conscience is included under evil ways and that the law of God as given to Moses did include law about animals. 
Mm. Now, you know, animals are a part of the community. Uh, animals at this point in time uh, were, uh, you know, were labor, uh, were, was power, um, you know, power as in being able to, to you know, move something from one place to the other. Transportation, food, so, so, yeah, I mean, I agree with you that the animals are not consciously sinning. Yeah, uh, like they, they, they get, in my opinion, they're getting forced to do all this. But, but perhaps uh, they could be viewed as being a, a part of the sinfulness of the community. All their battle horses need to go, uh, go on uh, eating, eating strike. <laughs> okay, so are we good up to that point? Yep. All right, because we want to get to your quest. So your questions come in chapter. Four. Yep, right at the end. Okay. And then once we read chapter four, then I'll I'll give my perspective on um uh, on this on this uh passage of scripture. So chapter four. But to Jonah this seemed very wrong, and he became angry. He prayed to the Lord, Isn't this what I said, Lord, when I was still at home? This is what I tried to forestall by fleeing to Tarshish. I knew that you are a gracious and a compassionate God, slow to anger and abounding in love, a God who relents from sending calamity. Now, Lord, take away my life, for it's better for me to die than to live. So those are some pretty intense feelings. So hold on. If he knows that he's compassionate, why would he run then? He obviously <laughs> thought that there was at least a sliver of a chance he was going to be <laughs> able to get away from God. Um, and uh, I mean, since we're on it, so so now would be a time to a good time to mention this too. Um, is when I was looking at commentary in preparation for today. Uh, the, the the commentator said that um you know that Jonah uh was probably not particularly well suited for the job, uh, which I kind of took uh like anybody could have done it. Um, you know, that God could have chosen somebody else, but uh, to for but for God to uh you know to reflect his sovereignty over situations, he after you know Jonah fell over or was thrown overboard, went in the fish and ended up on the beach. He still continued to send Jonah. Um, I, I disagreed with that commentary that mm. that Jonah, that I think that God, God picked the pre the preacher that could go into Nineveh to convert them. And, and, and that, that's what I've always believed about Jonah. And, and, so if we look in into uh, the book of Luke, uh, and it's Luke eleven, and uh, Luke eleven, and starting with twenty nine, uh, it says, "As the crowds increased, Jesus said, This is a wicked generation. It asks for a sign, but none will be given it except the sign of Jonah.' For as Jonah was a sign to the Ninevites." 
so also will the Son of Man be to this generation. Mm. And then later in that in that paragraph, um, verse thirty-two uh, says, uh, "The men of Nineveh will stand up at judgment with this generation and condemn it, for they repented at the preaching of Jonah, and now something greater than Jonah is here." Mm. So. You know, Jesus says something is greater than Jonah. So fast forward a few hundred years, and, and Jesus is saying that Jonah was a great prophet, a great preacher. Um, and now that Jesus is there, he's saying something greater than Jonah is there. But, I mean, here uh, Jesus is confirming that uh Jonah preached and converted a, a city of 120,000 inhabitants. He's a really, really good preacher. I don't even know how he did it. I mean, I, I, I don't, I don't know exactly the speech he gave, but I mean, it, it had to be good, right? I mean, yeah, it had to be good. <laughs> okay. So, um, so we got to the point where he says, now, uh, now, Lord, take away my life. It's better for me. Than right. Okay. All right. And so God responds, is it right for you to be angry? Jonah had gone out and sat down at a place east of the city. There he made himself a shelter, sat in its shade and waited to see what would happen to the city. Then the Lord God provided a leafy plant and made it grow up over Jonah to give shade for his head and ease his discomfort. And Jonah was very happy about the plant. But at dawn the next day, God provided a worm which chewed the plant so that it withered. When the sun rose, God provided a scorching east wind and the sun blazed on Jonah's head so that he grew faint. He wanted to die and said, it would be better for me to die than to live. But God said to Jonah, is it right for you to be angry about that plant? And it is, he said. I am so angry, I wish I were dead. But the Lord said, you have been concerned about this plant, though you did not tend nor make it grow. It sprang up overnight and died overnight. And should not I have concern for the great city of Nineveh, in which there are more than 120,000 people who cannot tell their right hand from their left, and also many animals? So what does that mean? What is he saying? Is he saying that you can't be mad? Uh, you can't be mad about something that, that had nothing to do with you. Is that what he's telling them? Basically, because that's the part I don't get. That that's what he's basically saying. Who are you to be angry about what I do? Mm. You know, and when we go into the story of Job, and Job is wrestling with God. And God responds, where were you when I created the foundations of the earth? So, you know, God is, God is merely stating that he is God. Um, is it right for you to, eat, to be angry? 
you know, I created everything. I created you. And 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 what is what was the point of him bringing up the city? What was he what was he trying? What was his message behind the? Uh, what about the the whole city? And they, they don't know their left from their right. What was that about? What does so, that what does that mean? So here's here's a story that doesn't believe in doesn't believe in this God, and that something moved the Lord to give them a chance. You know that we as Christians that we worship a God of grace. Uh, that that we, what we recognize is that when Jesus died on the cross, he willingly went on the cross, um, and that he could have come down off the cross whenever he wanted. That uh, you know, a hundred or uh, uh, ten thousand angels were prepared to to fly in with swords drawn, and to save him from his peril. Really, I didn't know that. So. It was going to be a holy war to save Jesus. Well, you know, I, I mean, I've heard it said before, but you know, I mean, I don't know if that's a legend or, but uh, Jesus could have come down off the cross. I mean, that's established. Um, but he stayed, and 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 by the fact that he stayed, he earned us God's grace. That's God's undeserved favor. God decides who he affords favor to and who he doesn't. And so the Lord says, you know, the Lord gave him this plant, right? The Lord gave his plant to, you know, to help keep the sun off of, off of him. And, uh, you know, but God, God pulled it back. You know, uh, maybe God had jokes. I don't know. <laughs> or, or, you know, um, or he's trying to get, he's trying to get Jonah to realize uh, that his hatred of the, the Ninevites um, is not a judgment against the Ninevites. If God wants to judge the Ninevites, God will destroy them. But what God uh, and and he does eventually, you know, Nineveh is eventually destroyed later in in history. But uh, you know, in this particular in this particular moment of time, uh, you know that that God you know kind of puts Jonah's feet to the fire or puts his head to the the heat of the sun. And to let him know, you know, I, I, I perceive it as to let him know who's in charge. You know, and apparently Jonah is, um, has, you know, a, a pretty acute, uh, a pretty acute character flaw in that when he does not get his own way, he would rather die. I was going to bring that up too. He's very, he's very, uh, forward about, you know, just, just, just take me out, man. And, I don't really I, get that either. But I don't know. Well, what, what, I, I, I have a is. I have a feeling that it, it, it it's rhetorical. Um, you know, I, I I have a friend who's who's uh, very very passionate when when they speak. You know, a lot of hand movements <laughs> and something goes wrong, and, and they say, "Oh, I'd just rather die." You know. <laughs> And and you know they don't so mean that they really want to die. So I'm I'm wondering if that just is a cultural thing, 
Does he really want to die? I, I don't know. I mean, he was willing to get thrown off the boat, so I, I can't imagine he assumed he'd survive that. I mean, well, he did show some, that. I mean, that's a good point. That whatever we can say about Jonah, he did show a little bit of conscience in that he did not want the sailors to perish. But to me, but my point about that is that. He to me, I don't think he 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 thought he would get saved. He was just like, whatever. It's my, I guess, I guess it's my time to go. Yeah. Just he's like, just do it. I don't care. But you know, for for me, and and for this man that has uh, a lot of uh, ego at work, I I just don't view him as suicidal. Okay. Okay. So it's just hyperbole. He's just he's just it's, mad. He's just that's just. I he, I, I tend to think to. that. That's just I his mean, go-to. It, you know what? Just kill me. My day's not working out. Just kill me. Right. 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 Um. And so. Um. So God says that. Uh, so God says to him that yeah that you have been concerned about this plant. You know. Uh. Though though you did not tend it. Or make it grow. It just sprung up. And then overnight, it died. And it died overnight. You didn't do anything with this plant. Yeah, you can't. I I got I, yeah, so yeah, I, I kind of get that now. You know, yeah. You, you didn't do anything about it, so don't be mad about what happened. Yeah, so so you can kind of I mean that's where I, I think that I, I see Jonah as like a really, really obnoxious whiner. <laughs> you know. Um and then God goes on to say, and should not I have concern for the great city of Nineveh? Now, there's a lot in that statement in that when we go back to the creation story. That, um, you know, that God tells the men and women to be fruitful and multiply and to go and, and subdue the earth. So he's when God's calling this a great city. He's recognizing the the, they, the productivity they, 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 yeah, and they, the fruitfulness they, of this people. They went out and they they did what what he told them to do: multiply right. and build and, and 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 all that good stuff. You know, you know, and he made these people who don't even believe in him just as much as he made the Hebrews that believed in him. Um, and that's why he's saying that that. They do. They do deserve a chance, you know. And, and he, he points out in which there are more than one hundred and twenty thousand people who cannot tell their right hand from their left. So maybe, perhaps, he's there saying that, you know, they don't, they, they don't believe in me. They're, they're not enlightened. They, they have not been enlightened to, to their creator. Um, let me uh let me just go to that verse in the commentary. And that is verse eleven. Okay, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna read this because uh, it mentions the cattle. We do not find in scripture the sentimentalism about animals found in many cases 
in many uh, classes of society today. Even so, Jonah had to understand that the fulfillment of his wishes about Nineveh would have involved the destruction not only of innocent human beings, but also of many cattle as well, that they were dependent on people. Okay. So God created the, the animals too. I um, guess I guess he has a right to take them out then if he wants. So um, so I'll just read this last paragraph in the commentary. Uh, the curtain falls and we are not told what finally Jonah did or said. Quite simply, the book contains a revelation of God's character and attitude toward his creation given to Jonah and through Jonah to Israel and to us. For Christians, the Son of Man's three days and three nights in the heart of the earth assure us of a love that embraces all, even in the darkest hour. So what they're doing is they're comparing Jonah's three days in the fish to uh, Jesus's three days in the tomb. Uh, and it, there is there is a scripture that correlates the two of them. I believe it's in Matthew. Um we know that in Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself, and we look with new eyes on those who have been reconciled. Christians cannot regard as enemies those whom God refuses to regard as his enemies. So, you know, the, so the story, in a lot of ways, is about the sovereignty of God. Mm. And the reason why I like Jonah and why Jonah lends uh, himself to the season of Lent, which we're in right now. Um, it's the uh, 40-some days uh, from uh, Ash Wednesday to Resurrection Sunday, also known as Easter. Uh, where we remain contemplative, where we acknowledge that from dust we came into dust we will return. And that we are imperfect uh, creatures that are in the need of a savior. And Jonah's scripture a lot of times is used for Ash Wednesday to start Lent because the people did repent with ashes and sackcloth. Um, and 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 why I why I like to look to Jonah is that it's obvious to me that he was an anointed preacher by the Lord who sent him on an assignment and he felt he knew better. And even after all that ordeal on the ship and in the way in, in the fish and, and on the beach, uh, he goes and he successfully converts the whole city. And then, and then complains. I mean, He's if that's not, if that does not show human frailty i don't know what does i agree you know i think you said it best before his ego is just too crazy yeah but you know but then later you know jesus refers to him as great um so we 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 have a chance to see that in our brokenness as human beings that we are still great in god's eyes because of Jesus' sacrifice. Does that make sense? Okay, okay. 
and that the Ninevites remained great in God's eyes because, as we said, he recognized them as uh, fruitful, uh, if we can say that. And, and he was not ready to wipe away 120,000 human beings, recognizing that there were innocents within the crowd, as well as the animals. Okay, okay. So okay. so so what you're saying is that if if Jesus didn't stay on the cross, then they would have been gone. Well, this right? was before Jesus. Oh, oh, okay. This okay. is before Jesus. So what we're doing what we're doing is looking at this story through the lens of Christ. Oh, okay. So this is this is like him going back and, and reviewing it himself. Yeah, and yeah, like, yeah. you know what? This guy's this guy's pretty cool. Right, yeah. <laughs> Before before me, he was he was doing the work. <laughs> <laughs> he recognized him as a as a good preacher, prophet. Um, so anything else, EJ? Uh, I know you answered my questions. All right. Well, I think I definitely we can... understand it better. Amen. Amen. I think we can uh, wrap uh, wrap it up today. Okay. And uh, as we know, that on iron sharpens iron. We end the episode the same way every time with a prayer by any other person but me. Because <laughs> <That's, laughs> say me at that point. It's not like there's anybody else here. Okay. All right. All right. Dear Lord, we're grateful for everything you give us and and uh, our our few few years we have here. You know. Uh, for the good times, the bad, you know, it all gives us character. And uh, keep keep looking out for us, please. Amen. Amen. All right. See you next time. <laughs>